Hello, everybody. Welcome. As we continue on in our study of the Old Testament, and we're, we've just launched into this. This is our fifth uh, lesson. We're going to be in Genesis 5. It's the beginning of a 15-year trek through the Old Testament. We completed the five-year journey together. That was so fun. And, uh, and so now we're underway working through Genesis, covering it uh, all the way through. Genesis, the, just getting off here in the beginning, will take quite a bit. Uh, getting started will take quite a bit. we got Genesis, it's 50 chapters, and Exodus, which is quite lengthy, and uh, these first five books are all rather long. And then we'll, we'll pick up steam as we go. They kind of shorten up. Um, well, you've got to get through the kings and everything. But anyway, we're going we're gonna to get through. We're going to have fun together. But we're in Genesis 5 today. And really, this is not going to take us too long today um, because most of Genesis 5 is a genealogy. Um, and not that genealogies aren't important. They, they really are. It's sort of a list of ancestry, um, if you would. And the, the, two, um, the two ways that people look at genealogies... When they're, when they're studying him, either, either this genealogy that we're reading is a complete um, uh, f history of a family or a tribe or a nation, or um, it's not necessarily exhaustive, would be the other opportunity. It just, it holds true to the line, but it kind of records the, the most um, well-known of the people in that line, or just the heads of the families. So, um, so when it says he became the father of could refer not just to a son, but also to a more distant descendant. It could be referring to a grandson or a great-grandson, perhaps. We're not exactly sure. Two viewpoints. So either one is okay. Um, it's just sort of your viewpoint. So either when we read the genealogies, we're getting it exactly person by person all the way through, which would, um, if that's the case, it sort of helps putting some time uh, stamping on some of these things. But if it's not the case, it's really okay. Um, it, it does ultimately save um, the lineage of the Messiah, which is the most important thing that the genealogies do for us. In order to um, have redemption, um, we have to follow that, that Genesis 3.15 redemption you know, flow throughout the uh, Old and New Testaments. And that's that line that runs, the thread that runs to Jesus. And um, it has to come through um, David, you know, that line that we follow. Um, redemption does to end up in Messiah in Jesus and, and it does and we have genealogies recording that so they're very important um, and, and he, there's a common tendency when you get to a genealogy and let's see how many of you will be honest how many of you when you get to a genealogy in the Bible go mm, that's a genealogy I'm going to skip that anyone? you've all done it because it's kind of like so and so begat so and so and the names are a little hard to read and uh you can get lost in it, you know, and like, why is this important, and what does it matter? Well, um, they're in there because this was how the Hebrew people passed on their beliefs, and you have to remember that, that it was primarily done through oral tradition. And so these genealogies were taught, so, and people remembered them this way on purpose. They're, you know, writing things down was difficult, and... and um, just didn't happen as often and so um, it was either primitive or, or non-existent and so stories were told to children who passed them on to their children and these genealogies sort of give an outline um, that helped everybody remember the stories because it was important that they remember the stories and um, 
So these genealogies were, were sort of passed down from generation to generation, and they were added to as it came down from family to family. And, um, and so it, it, it sort of kept track of the, the way things were moving forward um, in the earth. And again, it confirms that, you know, the, God's promises to us that the coming Messiah would be born into the line of Abraham. We have to track it back there, and it has to follow that way. The other thing I really think is um, good about genealogies is it's a demonstration to me of how important people are to God as individuals. And so the fact that God in his word refers to individuals by names and mentions things like their lifespan and knows their kids is pretty cool. You ever think about that? That God not only knows you but he knows about your kids and about you know their kids and he, he keeps track of those things. Um, and so I think that sort of makes the genealogies um, special and, and especially if you ever start to feel like you don't count or you don't matter or you just kind of blend in somewhere you're lost in a crowd of people you're not that way to God he, he knows you and he, he cares about you and he knows every detail about your life and he loves you with an amazing and everlasting love so um, I get all those things when you, when you get to the genealogies so some of the things I found um, that help me when it comes to genealogies and, and uh, you, will, you will hit them from time to time, um, is, is uh, go ahead and read it through. And you should, the best thing to do is to read it out loud and to do your best pronouncing the names even if you can't. And you actually might have fun with how it sounds um, because you, sometimes you won't do very well with some of those names. But that will help you to read through them, and you should um, read through them because they are, like I said, they matter for those things that I talked about. All right, so beginning in Genesis 5, verse 1. This is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Just briefly, don't, you don't have to take the scripture off or anything because I'm going to come right back. But there is something that happens there now post-fall in this verse that when Adam has Seth, Seth is born in the likeness of Adam and in the image of Adam. And so I think that has to do with the fall and that, that um, we, um, we are become image bearers of God again when we're restored in Christ. Um, and before the fall, people bore the image of God in a, in a way differently than they did after the fall, which is then returned to us uh, in Christ. And so we become in Christ image bearers of God again um, in, the, in the way that they were before the fall. So something changes here. There's still, you know, there's still the, the, the process going on, but, but something happened. The fall damaged everything, including that. So, uh, and, and also, uh, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. That's after Seth was born. So, we, we don't know, remember, how long it was before the fall. So, we have no idea how long Adam actually lived. Because they could have been alive for a very long time before they fell, before the fall happened. It didn't, it's not like they were created and they fell. That's how it reads, but I don't believe that's the case. All right. Altogether, Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. This was going to be after the fall, post-fall. So, but I still believe there's time prior to that. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. 
And after he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Seth lived 912 years and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. And after he became the father of Kenan, Kenan Enosh lived 850 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enosh lived 905 years, and then he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalel. That's not right. It's Mahalalal. It's, hang on. Mahalalal. There we go. Mahalalal. And after he became the father of Mahalalal, Kenan became... Uh, Kenan lived 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Kenan lived 910 years and then he died. When Mahalalal had lived... See, see, isn't that fun? See what fun you're missing if you skip over the genealogies? Saying Mahalalal. He became the father of Jared. Oh, then you get an easy one. After he became the father of Jared, Mahalalal lived 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Mahalalal lived 895 years and then he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. How many of you have heard of Methuselah before? Do you know why you've heard of Methuselah? And he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked with God 300 years and other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365, 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then he was no more because God took him away. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. And after he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Methuselah lived 969 years and then he died. Um, so you've probably heard before, he's as old as Methuselah. Anybody ever heard that? And Methuselah has the distinction of having the most years listed here in life. 969 years. So, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with being told you're as old as Methuselah, as long as you were old. <laughs> I would want to hear it now. I'd love to hear it 40 years from now. When... Uh, Lamech had lived 182 years. He had a son, and he named him Noah, and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toy of our hands caused by the ground that the Lord has cursed. And after Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Lamech lived 770 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And blessed be the word of the Lord. That's the end of Genesis 5. Now, one of the things that Genesis 5 is preparing us for is Genesis 6. Um, I just thought that was funny. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Genesis 5 is preparing us for the events of the flood. And um, we're going to find out as we go into the next chapter that people had become really, they'd gotten way off track in this course of time. Now, quite a bit of time has passed. In, in this process and uh, these guys have lived for quite a while and had a lot of kids and, uh, and they've had a lot of kids they're not all listed here they were all having sons and daughters and sons and daughters were having sons and daughters and sons and daughters were they were all um, so, so they were um, busily populating the earth and, um, and they drifted the, the majority of them drifted farther and farther and farther away from God some held fast and that's always been the case there's always a remnant but it was heading in a really bad direction, and we're going to see that next, uh, next week when we get together. Now, uh, other things that you should note from this, um, 
in Genesis 5, 3 through 5, um, all human beings are related, going back to Adam and Eve. That's, it all traces back to Adam and Eve. Um, Post-flood, it all traces back to uh, Noah and, and his sons and daughter-in-laws. So we, we again, we're, we have another place that we trace back to, but they trace back to Adam and Eve. So ultimately, all of us um, are distantly related at some level, way back. But that's part of the process. We're from the uh, family that shares one flesh and blood, and so you know that's you know we're to be aware of those things, and it should it really does change the way we look at life, um, and that each person is uh, a valuable and unique creation of God, and we all say all share the same ancestry. It all traces back um, to the original Adam and Eve. Now, um, the other big thing that comes up when you look at genealogies. Um, through all those things is is how these people lived so long and so here's some ideas some people believe some scholars believe that these um, these ages that are listed here are actually lengths of family dynasties rather than the ages of individual men um, but I, I don't I don't hold to that but some you know people are always trying to explain away things that they say that couldn't have happened um, Here's, here's why I believe people lived so much longer than. Remember, you're, you're not that far away from the fall. And originally, the design was that we would just kind of go on. Um, there, 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 there was no sin, and, and so there was no, no sort of problems that were going to get in our way and cause us to, you know, stop functioning. And um, so, so they were, um, they were uh, you know, more, um, more genetically pure at that time. Um, there was a lot less disease. Um, and the, another um, very real possibility is that prior to the flood, no rain had fallen on the earth. I don't know if you've ever heard that, but um, the, the reason the threat of a big flood coming didn't freak anybody out was they didn't know what rain was. So they were like, what are you even talking about? It's not going to happen. And that the, the earth at that time was, was sort of um, covered in some sort of vapor barrier that was sufficient with what was underground already to make sure everything that needed water was watered, um, but it didn't actually have to rain to make happen. And that the, the one of the theories behind the flood is that that was broken loose, and that's where the deluge came from that flooded the earth. And so this, this sort of vapor kind of barrier around the earth was um, protected from all of the, um, the harmful cosmic rays and the damage that they did. And so um, there wasn't the environmental factors that seem to hasten aging that um, we're aware of now. Uh, also, um, people believe that God gave people longer lives um, at that point in time so they could indeed be fruitful and fill the earth and they would have plenty of time to do that. We'll see later on um, as we get into the Psalms and things where, where God begins to say, I'm not going to put up with people for this long and their, their lifespans um, begin to become less and less. And... Uh, and, and so we, and we really don't get from these genealogies the difference between, um, you know, all the years between Adam and the flood. So um, we, 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 we can't, it's, some people try and date it, and it's, it's an it's a interesting study to date it, but it's pretty hard to date that beginning. Um, like I said, you, you'll find that the best geological, the best ge date that we have geograph ge geologically is uh, a time from 1 Kings 6, when we have found um, evidence to support that we know when the fourth year 
of the reign of King Solomon was, 966 BC, and we can date a lot of stuff back from there. But because these genealogies may be skipping some generations, it's very hard to pin it back. But anyway, consider it, you know, thousands of years anyway. Um, so the, the earth was being filled as it was supposed to be, uh, as the people were, were doing, you know, being fruitful and multiplying and subduing the earth, which was part of the original call. But the, the effects of the fall were having a dramatic impact on everyone. And what we'll see when we get back is that the Lord sees how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. So that's what we're coming back to next week in Genesis 6-5. And so um, the, 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 what we saw in Cain, the, the sin in Cain uh, and in Lamech and, and all those had permeated um, the race. Um, the Apostle Paul writes about this in Romans and, and, and you know, compares it to the evil in, in our age today. In Romans it says, Although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. And so, um, uh, and he goes on and he says, Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not be done. And so um, it, it's a picture that even Paul is describing of um, the, the sort of wickedness of man at that point in time in, in history. And, uh, and so next week, you know, Noah fortunately was around and um, God saw something in Noah that was redeemable, very good, and he was in the right line to keep things going. God's going to keep his promise that he made in Genesis 3.15, but um, some things are going to change and they're going to change as a result of the flood. And it's sort of a reboot it's kind of the world 2.0. <laughs> um, I thought that was funnier than you guys did. And, uh, <laughs> but that's okay. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about um, is Enoch. Uh, I don't know if you have ever considered Enoch or if you just ever skipped over it. But um, what's said about Enoch in there is pretty interesting. Now Enoch um, is the great, 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 great grandson of Adam unless, you know, we've skipped some generations there, but he's, a, he's in Adam's line. And in Genesis 5.22, it, it said, you know, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years, had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived a total of 365 years. Um, uh, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. Pretty interesting verse. Um, God took him away. Something happened with Enoch that doesn't happen um, except one other place in the Bible where um, Enoch's taken from this life is what we really be, and doesn't experience death. The only other person that happened to was Elijah. Remember, he was caught up in the whirlwind. Just Enoch and Elijah, the only two. Now, Enoch pops back up into the story in Hebrews 11, 5, in the, in the faith chapter. It says, by faith... Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And so this being taken away is something that Enoch is famous for in the Bible. And, and, um, and as I said, the only two that we believe that have escaped death um, are Enoch and Elijah. And um, 
it, it appears, you know what we understand, that the, he was given this privilege because he'd walked faithfully with God. We knew that in Genesis 5. And he had pleased God in Hebrews 11. Uh, and, and some, you know, if there, is there a purpose? Um, we don't know. The Bible doesn't specifically say, but what the most common assumption is, is that, um, that he would be the one who serves along with Elijah in the end times as one of the two witnesses that we read about in Revelation. That, that um, Elijah and Enoch are prepared for that job because they, they didn't die, and when they, but they die when they come, and those two witnesses do die. And so, um, so it's pretty fascinating to think about um, that, that it could be those two. It's a pretty good thought. We won't know until it happens. Um, you know, we, I know we've talked about that, but in thinking through that, see, because some people, you know, remember the transfiguration that we studied about in the New Testament? And, and, and uh, Jesus is there, and, and Moses shows up with Elijah. And so some people think, well, maybe it's Moses and Elijah that will be the two witnesses at the end because they showed up the transfiguration, but it doesn't need to be that way. And, um, and Moses has already died, so um, these two witnesses die, and so that, that's the second time dying. That doesn't make any sense. And... Um, at the time during the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah actually were representing the law and the prophets. So um, it's probably very possible that those two witnesses will be Enoch and Elijah. Um, it's also possible that they won't be. All I can tell you is we will see one day. And I'm good with that. So I don't want to overthink any of those things, but there's some possibilities for you in the scripture of what's happening. But really, with a, a chapter of mostly genealogies, that's about all I can dig out of it. Um, for tonight, but I think it's enough for us to think about. And, and uh, like I said, when you get to these things, read them because it's important. Next week we'll start to get into the, um, the beginning of the flood and the building of the ark, which is pretty cool. Uh, and, and there's a lot of neat stuff coming up in, in Genesis um, through, through the next chapters. It's very busy chapters. But that's good for today. Uh, if you're watching my video, thank you for doing that. Appreciate you doing it. Love to see you here. Come and visit us when you can. But um, we're going to call it a night there. So you can shut the video down, please.